Welcome to the Pause to Remember podcast. My name is Amy Pelkey. I'm a practicing CRNA yoga teacher and mother to one son here on earth and one daughter who was stillborn. If you are a healthcare provider who has experienced pregnancy or infant loss, this podcast is for you. My goal is to offer resources, conversations, and mindfulness-based grief tools to help providers like you build the courage to acknowledge and process your emotions, the strength to carry your grief, and resilience so you can preserve your career, relationships, and overall well-being while honoring the memory of your baby. I want to assure you that you are not alone in your grief. I am thankful that you are here today. Let's begin. Hello, I am so glad that you are here with me right now. I have been away from the podcast for about a month and I took a digital break, meaning I took social media off my phone, I did not sit in front of my computer, I turned an away message on my email and didn't spend hours each week in my email and it was amazing. And I wanted to share a little bit about that experience in hopes of inspiring you to maybe consider some shifts in your routines. So social media, I read a book by Cal Newport called Digital Minimalism about two years ago. And I did a little 30-day detox from my phone and social media that he had prescribed in the book and really felt like I benefited greatly. Now, I am no different than lots of other people who may be listening, and I fell back into some old habits. Part of that was because I was trying to learn how to build the Pause to Remember website and figure out some social media stuff and figure out how to start this podcast, that sort of thing. And in the process, I was using social media examples and Google and YouTube to learn how to do all this stuff because I don't have a tech bone in my body. These are all skills that I've been acquiring over the last couple of years. And I found myself constantly on my phone or my iPad. So at the end of July, I was just really worn out. We had a great summer, go, 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 with lots of different activities. And I had been putting a lot of time into doing the podcast and other things for Pause to Remember. And I was just wiped out. And I got thinking about what I wanted our vacation to be like. And I wanted to paddleboard and do yoga and play Monopoly with my family and go for long walks with my father and just really enjoy being in Maine on the lake, enjoying lobster, ice cream, miniature golfing, laying in the sun with my book and just being present without a screen in my hand. So before we left, I deleted every social media account off of my phone. I put an autoresponder letting anybody who emailed me know that I was going to be out of the office until the third week of August. And I took a break from the podcast for a month so that I was not sitting in front of the computer either recording or editing an episode. Now that I've been gone a month, I so miss being here with you and sharing different stories of other healthcare providers who are going through probably some of the same things that you're going through. I miss sharing the resources, the meditations, and what is coming in the future here at Pause to Remember to help support 
any of you who are grieving after pregnancy or infant loss. So I want to shift here and kind of circle back to Digital Minimalism, the book written by Cal Newport. First of all, when you think about Facebook, I don't know about you, but when I signed up for Facebook years ago, it was simply a way to share photos with distant family and friends and talk about some of the activities that I was enjoying or wanted to recommend to other people. Today, Facebook feels really different to me. I feel like it's a lot of politics, polarizing views, advertisements, self-promotion. It's not that warm-hearted, light feeling when you see pictures of your friends and family. With Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, you can keep going with the list. You can get lost in a social media feed for a couple of hours. In fact, in the book, it says the average person spends two hours on their social media a day. So what happens if you're filling two hours of your day with social media or even 30 or 60 minutes? Cal Newport talks about solitude deprivation. This idea that you barely spend any time alone with just your own thoughts and feelings. And when you're grieving, having some downtime, some space allows you to attend to whatever is bubbling to the surface in your mind, in your body, so that you can tend to it. I have frequently found myself saying, what we resist persists. So if we're constantly distracted, that's a way of resisting this space and freedom to explore the emotions that are going on inside of us, whether it's anger, fear, anxiety, sadness, you can fill in the blank with whatever it is that is a predominant feeling or even an occasional feeling to you. It's almost as if we have a social media paradox. We go to social media to feel connected, check up on what friends and families are doing. But in reality, probably what we're doing is feeling less connected because we're not having those face-to-face social interactions or conversations over the phone that allow for real-time exchange back and forth. So when you're grieving, and honestly, if you're rethinking your social media, this could be applicable to a lot of different people, there are five negatives that really stand out to me. Number one, triggers whether it's somebody putting their positive pregnancy test or a photo from their baby shower or some of those first pictures of their newborn baby on social media, that can really trigger your emotional pain. This can lead to more depression, more anxiety, more loneliness or isolation. That is not going to serve you. So avoiding or limiting your social media exposure might help decrease those triggers. Number two, comparisons. When you see other people growing their family, you might start comparing your own experience. Why can't I get pregnant? Why can't we stay pregnant? Why am I grieving and they're not? All these things come to mind and turn into comparisons. Number three, FOMO, fear of missing out. When you see people posting pictures about their vacation, a new restaurant, or some other pleasurable experience, you might think, man, am I missing something? Shouldn't I be doing that? 
when maybe you don't feel like going out. Maybe the best place for you is on the sofa, all snuggled up with a big bowl of popcorn and a Netflix movie and your dog snuggled up next to you. Maybe that's what you need to be doing. And so when you're seeing pictures of other people doing all these other things, it might cloud your decision-making ability to do what is in your best interest. Number four, social media takes away time. I don't know about you, but I feel like time is a precious commodity. Grieving is exhausting. Maybe you need to go to bed a half hour earlier or even more. Maybe you just need to take a nap. If you're struggling to fit in a therapy appointment or go get a massage or work on some crafting project that you enjoy, maybe you just need to take a long walk with your spouse so that you can start reconnecting again. There's so many forms of self-care that could be put into the time that you are currently spending on social media. And this may serve you and your grieving journey in a more beneficial way than the screen time. And finally, let's just remember that there is so much advertising on these social media platforms. These platforms are set up for profit, not to make you feel good. It's to make money. So if you've posted photos or announcements about your pregnancy or your baby, chances are the algorithm is going to continue to send you information about products for that baby. And I'm pretty sure that there has not been any code written into those algorithms to stop those advertisements if you start writing things about, my family's going through a really difficult time right now, we've experienced a miscarriage, or we've experienced a stillbirth. My guess is there's nothing in the algorithm to stop those baby advertisements. So that brings us right back to number one on this list of triggers. So with the negatives being highlighted, I do want to say there are some positives to social media. For example, Facebook groups. There are two in particular that I found myself in quite a few times. One was Empty Cradle and the other was Stillbirth and Infant Loss Support Group. And I found it helpful to be able to go in there and see that other grieving moms had similar feelings to me. And you could go and see what advice people were offering. And if you had a question, you could post it and get really positive and supportive responses in return. On Instagram and TikTok, hashtags make it much easier to see posts that might be helpful. So putting in something like hashtag pregnancy and infant loss or hashtag bereaved mother. The hashtags really allow you to create a more tailored experience so that you can get posts that are unique to what you are going through, whether it's finding an inspirational quote, finding a little video that another mom might have posted about experiencing loss, how to honor that baby's memory, what to do with the baby's remains, how to display the baby in your home. There's so many different things that you can learn and get ideas from, from social media. So I don't want to paint this horrible picture that you shouldn't be on social media. It's all bad because there is definitely some value to it, but it's being mindful to say, how do I want this social media to serve me and where I'm at now, instead of letting social media suck away your time potentially trigger you and possibly make you feel worse than when you got on the platform. So here are some ideas of things you can do. 
you could go for a walk and leave your phone at home. In fact, you could go do all your errands for an entire afternoon and not take your phone with you. You could put your phone on do not disturb if the idea of leaving your phone behind made you uncomfortable. Simply putting your phone on do not disturb gives you more power to decide when it's convenient to check your phone. And yes, that means you don't have to immediately respond to a text message. In fact, you could batch your text messages and pick a time to respond to multiple people. The next time you want to get on social media, pause for a moment and notice why you want to get on. Sometimes we grab our phone because of one of four things or maybe some combination. And if you use the acronym HALT for hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, see if you are using social media to help ease one of those symptoms. So if you're hungry, go fix yourself a healthy snack or eat a meal. If you're angry, maybe you would do better to go for a walk. If you're lonely, pick up the phone and call a friend or a family member. And if you're tired, go lay down and take a nap or go to bed early. Maybe if you made a list of things that you enjoy doing, maybe you are a photographer or a painter, or maybe you love to go for a run or work out, keep a little list so it's easy to pick something out when you're not sure what to do instead of scrolling through your social media. Another idea is to completely delete social media off your phone. When you decide to use it, you're much more intentional having to go to your computer, open up the browser, and search for whatever content you are looking for. Finally, this may be your opportunity to revisit slow media, things like newspapers and magazines, or maybe you just want to pick up a book and snuggle down and read a complete detailed thought. All of these ideas that I've offered to you are simply a way for you to be a little more mindful as you consume your social media. Being very intentional about why you want to go to the platform and what you're seeking helps you shape the experience you want to have. If you want to stay up to date about things being offered at Pause to Remember, the best way is to get on the email list. I will put a link below. Every Thursday, I send out an email. It contains podcasts, resources, offerings that are coming up for you. For example, the second Monday of every month, there is a virtual support group. I've started some free yoga once a month, and I will put together a Facebook group for healthcare professionals later this month. So if you want to be first to know about that group, hop on the email list and I will send you out a link as soon as it's created. Thank you so much for being here. If you would like to help me get this information out to other healthcare providers who are grieving, please hop over to Apple Podcasts rate and review this podcast. This will help others find the content that I'm offering here at Pause to Remember. You can also share this on your social media or be a little more personal. Send a text or an email or pick up the phone and call somebody you know who may benefit from these resources and offerings. Again, thank you so much for sharing this space and time with me on the podcast. I look forward to bringing you more information and more stories about grief and the grieving journey. Next week, I'll be having a licensed social worker come and share her story. 
And later this month, I'm going to have a physical therapist who specializes in pelvic floor issues. So we're going to talk about urinary incontinence and painful sex and traumatic births and going back to work after maternity leave and all things pelvic health. So stay tuned for that. I'm really excited about that conversation and I will continue to email you if you are on the email list. And if you're not, go ahead and sign up in the link below. Thank you.